Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,222. That's a lot of twos. Today, I'm in a very cool place in the UK. This is the Disneyland for petrol heads. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm, well, I'm near Oxford in the United Kingdom in a beautiful place. I like to refer to it as the Disneyland for petrol heads with a very special guest by the name of Philip White. Philip, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you for having me. Well, absolutely. And talk about a guy who knows how to release a clutch. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you sent me some very cool photos of you and some very cool cars. Uh, you're having some fun. And we're going to talk all about what you're doing there in Vister. But first, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Philip? <laughs> it's a good question. I'm, I'm a pretty open person. So um, I think everybody knows quite a lot about me. But what <laughs> They might not know is uh, I, I actually studied art and architectural history with a view to becoming a, uh, a conservation architect when I was younger. And thankfully, thankfully, I found cars along the way and uh, started on a slippery slope into into the historic motoring world. And I haven't looked back since. Well, no, you have not. My father was an architect, so I grew up around that world. Uh, he was also a very prolific artist and sculptor and painter and drawer. So our house was always filled with a lot of those things. Uh, but he had me convinced that he had x-ray vision because we would sit in a room and he could say, do you know what's inside that wall? And he would sketch it. And I would go, wow, <laughs> dad, how can you do that? So uh, yeah, <laughs> interesting side note. Well, let me give you a proper introduction because what you have created with your team is absolutely spectacular. Philip White is the Associate Director, Marketing and Business Development Manager at Bister Heritage and has been instrumental in their growth from its very early days. Since joining the founding team in 2014, Philip has assisted in the curation of the Atmospheric Business Campus. And boy, is this place special. Now held as the de facto home of historic motoring. From commercial letting to events, brand marketing, and communications, he has worn many hats as part of a dynamic team to create the now well-established destination for British petrol heads. And as part of the Bister Motion umbrella company, Philip and the team are well on their way to building the UK's preeminent destination for motion technology, both past, present, and the future. Motoring runs in his blood and outside of work, he's an avid driver of classic vintage and veteran cars, regularly competing in the London to Brighton veteran car run. That sounds like fun. And endurance rallies. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. They keep the petrol in the tanks on this side of the pond, so give them a little love and we'll be right back. Covercraft offers you 10 different options. That's right, 10 for your special vehicle's protections. You can choose from Weather Shield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate, three-layer moderate climate, and five-layer indoor options. All are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople just for you. It's the form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. 
I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles. And I have a deal for you. If you use the code yeah 21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. Auto Geeks Blackfire SIO2 Spray Sealant. It's a spray-on, wipe-off sealant that's quick, safe, and easy to clean and protect your vehicles. I love using it on all my cars. AutoGeek's Blackfire SiO2 spray sealant is a spray-on, wipe-away sealant that uses SiO2 ingredients to provide a slick, brilliant, and long-lasting shine. Silicon dioxide is known to be one of the most effective ingredients in car care products, and Blackfire spray sealant takes advantage of every stunning feature it has to offer. This sealant will protect your paint from road film, dirt, and other common contaminants while providing an impeccable, long-lasting, hydrophobic surface that forces water to sheet and bead on your paint for months. Go to autogeek.net to get yours and for the best product selections on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Check them out today. So, Philip, my goodness, I've got to get over there and see what you are creating because as I look at your website, I just want to be there. But first, before you talk about what you're doing there at Bister Heritage, how did you get to this point in your life? <laughs> well, uh, firstly, Mark, you're, you'd be very welcome to, to come and see us, um, as, as would any of your listeners. It's an incredible place. And we'll, we're, as you say, we'll get there in a moment. But I ended up here by bumping into my uh, my CEO, who's also my now brother-in-law, at a cars and coffee morning in London. And I turned up in a uh, an Austin 7, which is looks like a toy car, really. Uh, and uh, it's, it was small enough to drive down the pavements in London if you wanted to avoid traffic lights and, and getting stuck at junctions. And uh, I met Dan at this cars and coffee morning and we got chatting and he'd he'd just got the keys to Bister Heritage back in in 2013 and uh, we met and, and got on and sooner or later he, he thought well I should offer this guy a job and uh, we haven't we haven't really looked back here we are almost almost 10 years later um, we're, we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary at Bister Heritage and we've achieved a lot in that time this is an incredible story because you think about 
what I have learned after interviewing so many people, cars are the uh, the glue that binds people together. It's really a catalyst that brings people together and bonds people. And the fact that this chance meeting not only led to him being your brother-in-law, careful where you take your sister, right? But <laughs> it also led to what you have built and the fact that you've built this. Let's share with the listeners what exactly Mr. Heritage is. And I encourage listeners to go to their website. I'll put a link on Philip's show notes page. But once you get to the website, you're going to go, I've got to jump on a plane and go check this out because I'm not so sure any place like this exists anywhere else in the world. Can you start with talking about the setting? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you're right. It, it doesn't exist uh, anywhere else in the world. We started 10 years ago, we started the first business campus for classic car specialist, specialist businesses. And it's, you know, you described it earlier as, as Disneyland. And it really, it really is an exceptionally beautiful place. Um, we, we bought from the Ministry of Defense in, in the UK, a Second World War, pre-Second World War RAF, Royal Air Force bomber station. And it had been left to fall to pieces for the best part of 40 years. The Royal Air Force moved out in the mid-70s. And this incredible site, which had been untouched since the end of the war, was left kind of in its juice, uh, sat there with the buildings boarded up and the trees you know, completely overgrown and the gates chained shut. And we got the keys in 2013 with this plan to create this this business campus to support the historic motoring industry in the UK, which uh, which has grown enormously over the last 10 years. And so we set about restoring the buildings and curating this beautiful community of like-minded specialist businesses that feed off each other. Uh, they work collectively. We run events uh, to bring people through the gates to see this place. And as a as a collective, it works like an automotive marina. And it's a really useful, I suppose, phrase that. It's, you know, everybody understands how a marina operates on the coast with boats, um, but it doesn't exist for cars. And so we started this inland automotive marina. And we have a little test track for people to use their cars. We have a storage company. We have 50 businesses based here, all of whom specialize in some form uh, in motoring excellence. Um, so from creating exhausts through to pre-race preparation to sales, um, upholstery, you name it, you can find find it here on site. And we've had a huge amount of fun um, unpicking the history of the sites, restoring the buildings, um, finding out what they were used for, uh, unlocking the, the social history, the, the wartime history, uh, its, its development since then, uh, and breathing life back into something which is absolutely unique in the UK. There is no other base that survives in its entirety like this one. Wow. Uh, yeah, a dream come true. So basically, you approach this as a commercial entity, like a real estate commercial project, but a big campus. But the fact that it's on such a historic setting adds this ambiance from my visual cues of looking at your website that really ties in nicely to the classic cars, correct? Absolutely. So you'll often find that um, we, we have a huge number of, of pre-war cars here, uh, sort of 1920s, 1930s and, and uh, 1940s cars, and they absolutely fit with the site. And it, there are days when you and it looks like a film set uh, and these cars are positioned around the place and people are working on them. And it's just you, know, you have to blink twice because it's like looking into the past. And uh, we've we've grown with our businesses here. So uh, a lot of companies have 
grown into bigger buildings. They've taken on new projects. And with that come more and more and more interesting cars and more and more interesting people. So as a community, we've, we've grown fantastically over the last 10 years. Uh, and alongside that, that kind of, that commercial element that you so correctly described, we've had a lot of fun actually with film companies and production companies um, so there's a couple of of kind of the, the bigger sort of hollywood style films that you might have come across that have been filmed here like darkest hour uh, and the in, in, imitation game um, the imitation game on code breaking and darkest hour on um churchill's uh, time during the battle of britain and so on so there's some really cool films that have been filmed here in amongst our buildings because they just you know, they, they are the real deal so looking ahead to the future i know you have grand plan my hat's off to you that for 10 years you've made this work because this couldn't have been a super easy endeavor there's so many it sounds wonderful it sounds easy but as i referenced disneyland that was not easy to build <laughs> what are you looking at let's say into the future because i know you guys have some grand plans we do indeed i think um it's worth looking at i suppose where we started with mr heritage the historic motoring industry in the uk um when we when we got going here the industry was worth about 3.4 billion to the uk's economy um and it was growing and the interest in uh historic motoring events was was growing so we have some amazing motoring events in the uk like goodwood uh, revival and goodwood festival of speed um and silverstone and these events were growing and uh, appealing to a much wider audience outside of the kind of the close knit motoring crowd, uh, which is a really good thing. So new new blood wanted to come into this uh, historic motoring sector and uh, and get into old cars and enjoy them and have fun at these events. But with that, you need to make sure that you're capturing the skills uh, and transferring those skills to new generations so that people's cars can be looked after and maintained for the future. So a key part of Mr. Heritage was to bring together this collective of businesses and ensure that they share their expertise to a younger generation by creating apprenticeships and creating a kind of a, an automotive safety net for modern classic car or historic car owners. And we worked very hard to achieve that uh, over the last decade. And we have this amazing apprenticeship scheme now based at Vista. Um, their apprentices come from all over the country. They work with businesses all over the country. Uh, and they've had hundreds of pupils through, um, which is a fantastic thing to see. But as we look to the future, we feel that we're in an, at an inflection point in the motoring world where there has never been so much change since the dawn of the car as there is now. So we have new technologies coming through, whether that's electric powertrains, whether it's hydrogen. Uh, we have to stop using fossil fuels and deadlines have been set for us to do so. So there's a huge shift going on where people have to embrace new technology, talk about cars in a different way, talk about charging, talk about your kilowatts um, rather than miles per gallon. And for those that aren't avid car fans or you know, petrol heads it's a whole new language and it, you know, it's enough to to make you go cross-eyed so we came up with a plan for the future and this is where vista motion comes in as our umbrella brand to create a destination where people can go and experience all forms of motion technology in a safe environment learning about something new so vista heritage becomes a the component part of a much larger site. Um, we have <laughs> our, our bomber station is 450 acres in size. It's huge. Um, and we have a big grass airfield, 200 acres of grass airfield, and a lot of land uh, 
outside of the historic buildings here to to work with. And so we've come up with a, a master plan to create this destination where we can bring in um, the past, present and future of automotive technology and position new tech businesses developing these new powertrains and new brands and position them next to the, the brands and the technology that we already understand. With that, some test tracks uh, and we'll retain aviation, some flying here uh, and create a, a new site of experience so that people can really get under the skin of, of what it means to, to understand automotive technology now. Wow, very forward thinking, uh, because whether you like it or not, EVs are here and they're coming on strong. Do you see that the use of our classic vehicles will become somewhat similar similar to the horse? If you think about when cars came about, a lot of people thought, uh, these smelly, stinky things, uh, they don't go very fast, are never going to last. Of course, that changed. And horses really never went away. In fact, I read a statistic that there's more horses in the United States now than there were when the car came about because they became uh, more items of pleasure, I guess, if you will, for riding and, and different events. Probably the same in, in the UK. Do you see that there will still be an avenue for people to drive petrol vehicles? And will it be limited to maybe places like yours do you think in the future it's, it's a really good comparison the uh the change from horses to to cars and where we stand now and uh, you're right i mean there are probably more horses around than um, there were at the dawn of motoring and people really do use them for pleasure and you, you know, if you want to go riding now you go to um, you know, you go to a cross country course or you go to an event or uh, you, know, you don't, you don't commute on your horse anymore. And I think I don't want it to, to become a morbid topic, but I think you're right. I think in the future, if you want to drive, um, historic vehicles, it may be that you have to go to a place that specializes in them. Um, I hope that's not the case. And I think with, with the, the dawn of new technologies and the invention of synthetic fuels, for example, uh, I hope that we can continue to drive historic vehicles. In, in in a way that's that's safe and responsible um, and better for the environment and it's a bit like reusing historic buildings you know these are these the buildings here have existed since the 1920s and uh, by restoring them where you know we're continuing to use something which has already created its carbon and the same goes for historic motoring there's there's nothing more green than a car that's already in use and uh, with historic cars, they've paid off their carbon footprint um, many times over. So it's better to make use make, uh, make use of older technology, I suppose, um, but with modern fuels in a responsible fashion. Absolutely. We'll take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back. We'll talk a little more about what you're doing there. So sit tight. Keep the seatbelts on. This is a magical journey. We'll be right back. If your car started today, well, thank a tech. If that truck delivering your goods today got to your home or your business, thank attack. If that airplane you rode in took off and landed safely, and if that boat you're riding in arrived at the dock safe and sound, that's right, thank attack. One thing the pandemic has taught us is that great techs keep America rolling. They are essential workers and we need them. Support career and technical education by getting involved with TechForce Foundation. It's a Cars Yeah charity of choice. Learn more at techforce.org today. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars, yeah, for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six. And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 
for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or type in Renew 12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to LinkageMag.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. So, Philip, I like to talk about challenges because they teach us very valuable lessons. They're not much fun to go through, but they teach us things that are sometimes invaluable so we don't encounter those same challenges again. In developing what you've done at Bister, which is still almost an impossible feat when I sit back and think about the challenges that you were faced with, is there one that really stands out for you that looking back now, you can kind of say, I'm glad we went through that, taught us some great lessons? <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I think I might go back pre-Vista. Um, before I before I moved here, I, I worked for a company that developed actually electric powertrains, and they had some fantastic engineers. They had a really good product, but they were stuck in a, a sort of a Groundhog Day of corporate inertia, uh, which was so frustrating, and they they couldn't get out of their own way. And they, they had really good people working for them, um, and huge opportunities came their way. Um, but they just tripped over themselves in trying to make them happen. And for me, it was it was two years, two and a half years of learning how not to run a business, which at the time was was hugely frustrating. Uh, and you know, every day was a, was a bit of a oh, oh no, what's going to happen next? Um, but actually, having stepped out of that and and um, moved to Bista, and now looking back at that time, it was hugely useful learning how not to run a business and learning from other people's mistakes. Oh, brilliant. I love it. You know, sometimes we sit in situations, it's kind of like the uh, the imagery of digging a hole and not knowing when to stop digging and get out before you're so deep in the hole that you can't get out. And uh, <laughs> I've been in similar situations where you're sitting there so frustrated. Sometimes you don't know what's going on, or sometimes it takes getting out of the hole, out of the situation, either looking back or while you're there, if you can do it, and saying, okay, this is a bad choice. In my situation, we hired some consultants to come in and look at what we were doing and give us this completely different image because the blinders were so tight that we hadn't taken them off to see wider. Uh, is that a good analogy to the situation you're in? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And um, I, I was so far down the rabbit hole um, and, I, and I cared so much about what I was doing. That I, it, you know, I was blinkered, and uh, when I decided to to leave, and and I was offered to join the the funding team at Vista, um, I, I was offered a lot of money to stay, and, and I remember ringing up a friend, and I said, I've I've got this this problem, you know, I've I've been offered um, this this sum of money to stay in my job, but actually, what I really want to go and do is go to this new job, but um, I know I'm taking a pay cut, and there's a crazy commute to get from home to to Vista. Uh, and he just said, "Never, never make a, a job decision based on the money." <laughs> <laughs> you have a you have a wise friend. I was in the exact same boat, and I, I tell you something, Philip. After interviewing so many people, 
I've learned many valuable lessons, but uh, one of them has been, and it's it's pretty much uh, what everybody says, but you need to do what you enjoy and surround yourself with what you enjoy because money really, I mean, it's great to have. It's a great tool because it allows you to do many things, but many times it will not make you happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if yeah any, you're right. Anyway, it's more of a noose around your neck, right? Absolutely that. And I think what it taught me was but you need to create your own environments. If you surround yourself with the right people in the right community, um, you will always be in the right position and you will love what you do. Absolutely. Great friend you had there. Let's talk about a special vehicle. Now, you sent me some photos that uh, have you, you don't know how to have fun, do you, my friend? <laughs> you are sitting in some incredible vehicles. Uh, looks like on some grand adventures. Uh, you're in a beautiful Austin Healey. Looks like a hundred, hundred maybe, maybe even an LM. Is, am I am I close on that white, beautiful car you were sitting in? You're correct. Yeah, that's a, that's a hundred four. Yeah, uh, uh, some some incredible things. And uh, your headshot, which people will see on your show notes page, you've got a very broad smile on your face. You're having fun. But I'd love for you to share one special vehicle out of your past that really stands out. Well, the the, the car I'm sat in in that photo, um, which you've just mentioned, is an unbelievably special car to me. Uh, it's it's a car. It's it's a, it's a car from my past. It's it's the present too, and it will definitely be the future um it's it's a 1903 panard lavasa and it was my it was my great grandfather's first car wow which is amazing so we've we've owned it from new and next year that'll be 120 years of ownership and oh it's <laughs> it's a very special car and it, it it's um my great grandfather picked it up from paris uh, in 1903 and drove it back to his home in bristol in the uk uh through all sorts of atrocious weather um he was stopped by the police for speeding um and and eventually made it home and in in 1904 he he put a racing body on the car and then never went racing so he he put the original body back on and painted it um a dark green and black and it's been untouched ever since so the the paint is 1904 paint it's done with countless miles um and every year we enter the london to brighton veteran car run in it which you mentioned earlier and that's it's the the world's longest running motorsport event and it runs every november in the uk um regardless of uh, rain wind sun you know no matter what comes at you you have to try and make this trip to brighton and you never know if you're going to make it it's only 60 miles from london to brighton and uh, you start in the dark in London on Hyde Park Corner. And for, for anyone listening, if you get the chance to go to Hyde Park Corner um, in, at the beginning of November and watch the Brighton Run start, it's, it's a magical moment because these cars, 300 uh, veteran cars, the newest of which is 1905, that's the cutoff date, they appear out of the darkness and they have candles burning in their headlamps. Some of them are steam powered, so there's quite a few American um, white steamers you often see. Um, some are, are gas powered, some are you know, fuel. Um, there's a there's a coal fired boiler in one of them, um, and so there's every form of, kind of early motoring technology, including some electric cars. The, the first first Porsche was a was a hybrid, and it's just a magical sight. And nobody knows if they're going to make it. Uh, it's a it's an adventure. It's taken us. Um, at our fastest, I think we've done it in about five and a half hours. Uh, at our slowest, um, 
verging on eight hours. <laughs> Sometimes we've never made it. <laughs> it's an incredible event. And so that, that car um, is, is a very special piece of our history. And uh, my, my father is the second owner in 120 years. My goodness. Um, I'll, I'll be the third and, and my son, hopefully the fourth. And so, wow. so it'll continue. <laughs> that is very special indeed. I've had several guests on the show that have participated in that. Yeah, it, it looks magical. Uh, the oldest car I've ever been in on a tour was a 1917 uh, vehicle that ran in the Indy 500 the second year they had that race. And so I got a little flavor. Now that's a, kind of new for you guys, <laughs> cutting off in 1905. But I got a little <laughs> flavor for what it's like. And I tell you, while it was exhilarating, it was also horrifying and terrifying because the guy that was driving it, and I was sitting there pumping the fuel, uh, races that car. Actually races it to this day. So he drives it very spirited. And where you're sitting, you feel like if we have an accident, I'm a goner uh, because you're very exposed. This car's no top. And uh, yeah, but it was quite Quite an adventure. I still still makes me smile today. So I'm going to be your car psychologist here, Philip. I have a doctorate in car psychology, <laughs> believe it or not. I, I, well, you don't have to believe it because it's not true. But I do have some experience in this. If you were reincarnated, manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself <laughs> as a vehicle, this is going to be an interesting answer, I kind of think. What would you be and why? <laughs> well, firstly, I like reincarnated. That's, <laughs> that's a good fun. Um it's a, it's a really tricky question, this, because, you know, you could come up with some really silly answers. Couldn't you? I, I think I, my mind immediately went to being a Land Rover Defender. And I, and I, <laughs> and I, couldn't, I couldn't work out why. Um, but I, there's something about it. It's, it's, a, it's a vehicle that will go anywhere. It'll do anything. And uh, and defenders are very much a kind of a modern vintage car as well. So you know, you, it's a it's relatively reliable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're, I've been commuting in one for the last seven years, and so I, I love them through and through. They're, they're iconic British cars. But yes. For me, it's that kind of that ultimate practicality. It's go and go anywhere and do anything. And we've definitely um, had that spirit of, of adventure grand into our into our work ethic at Bista here and, and I've certainly picked up on that and we you know, we've, we've definitely got to, to where we are now by just getting on with it you know be be a utility vehicle um, take take on that load and and try and cross that terrain to get to the other side um, and you'll undoubtedly have fun in the process nicely thought out I think that works brilliantly so how about a great book that you'd like to share with our listeners that's it's a good question. So I thought of there's a very obscure English book called A Bit Behind the Times by Kenneth Mead, and and I read it when I when I started at Bista, and it's always stuck with me because it describes a real golden era of sort of post-war England, where um, Kenneth and, and his friends were were driving around the UK as young petrol heads, and they were in this incredible position where they could buy 1920s cars for next to nothing and he bought a, a grand prix 1920s grand prix sunbeam uh, and raced it as his kind of weekend car and they were buying they were buying rolls royce phantoms as tow cars they were picking up um pre-war bentleys and using them as daily runners and <laughs> wow. it cost them nothing and you know they were they were pretty much getting them from the scrapyard and now these cars are you know a four and a half litre Bentley is half a million pounds uh, <laughs> and, and they were running about in them and you know if they ended up in a ditch it didn't matter you go and get another one so it's quite it's an amazing book to read because it describes this sort of this obscure era of, of motoring history in the UK wonderful where these guys kind of, they cut their teeth on amazing cars 
A Bit Behind the Times. No one's recommended that book, so I always like to get a new book. I'll put a link to where you can probably get your hands on it. I'm guessing it's probably been out of print, but uh, there's lots of great places to go to find old books. So that's a great one to add to your automotive library. I think I'm going to get my hands on one. So now this is kind of, I almost thought about eliminating this question for you, Philip, because you've been on so many ultimate drives, no doubt, uh, the Brighton Drive that you spoke (laughs) about. However, I'll make this one a little different for you because I'm going to provide you with any vehicle in the world. Don't worry about the cost. I'll write the check. You can take anyone with you, even somebody from the past who's no longer with us, which opens up a world of opportunity of driving companions. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you? Wow. Um, Can I give you two answers? Well, I, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the holiday time, so I'll allow that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I, I've been a big Bentley fan my entire life. So having, having a drive with W.O. Bentley, the man behind them would, would be pretty special. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, there's a particular Bentley, which would, it would absolutely be on my list. It's the, it's the one car that can do everything for me. And, um, it's one of the blown, one of the supercharged four and a half liters, um, and it used to belong in period to Wolf Bonato um, of, of the diamond um, mining family. And he commissioned this beautiful, gurney nutting bodied, um, blown four and a half litre, which is a, a two seater with a kind of a hornet tail on the back of it. And uh, it's still around. Um, it's the registration is GK6661, I think. And it's uh, it often appears it shows it's owned actually by, I believe, an American collector. Um, and it's a very special car. And there's 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 one other version of it, which has a fabric body called the Green Hornet. Um, they're, you know, they're probably five, six million pounds worth of car now, I should think. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit more. Um, but a drive in one of those... Um, with wa would be quite interesting i think because he would um probably tell me how he hated the supercharged cars <laughs> and, and how that was uh, you know stepping away from his purest form of, of what a four and a half liter should be wow. um, so i'd love to do that that would be one um one answer to your question but i'm going to be cheeky and give you a second one because um this week actually a, 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 a motoring story has come to light um for me which personally is quite special and I think would be my ultimate drive, um, particularly at the moment. Where so I, I own a, a, a Bristol 400, which is um, have you have you heard of Bristol cars? Yes, have you come oh across yes, them? oh yeah, brilliant. So they're um, they were a very small car manufacturer in the UK, and um, the company was founded by my grandfather post post war. Really? And, yeah. Wow. And so um, we've. I've, I've grown up in, in, a, in a motoring world surrounded by Bristol cars, but also by Bristol aircraft. And uh, I, I bought a Bristol 400 about 18 months ago, which was the factory press car. So um, it appeared in lots of kind of the early photos and in the road tests um, in British car magazines like Autocar. And, uh, and it was driven by the Shah of Iran on a test drive in Bristol in 1947. And it's, it has a cool history. Wow. But I... I knew that it was used a lot by my my grandfather, my mother's father, uh, and my grandmother. And I thought there must be photos somewhere of, of them using the car. And this week, I found an album of photos which documents their post-war drive from Bristol over to France uh, and down to the Geneva Motor Show in 1949. 
Oh my God. Uh, and they then, they continued their road trip back across France, the south of France, to the Pyrenees between, the mountains between France and Spain, um, and into the mountains, and then back up the, the west coast of France and, and flew back over the channel. Um, you, you could fly, there was, a, there was a, an air service called Silver City Airways, where you could put your car on a plane and it was a 20 minute hop over the channel back to, to the UK. And this album of photos has appeared this week, um, two days ago, and, and wow. it documents their entire run, the pictures of the car going on and off the plane, um, appearing in French villages and in the mountains. And, and it's a really incredible piece for me of family history, but also social history. It's post-war Europe. Um, uh, they're testing this new car that, that they've built. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was very much underpinned by BMW technology, um, which they had purchased in war reparations. And there they were, there they were on this incredible adventure post-war. And so that would be, I think, now my, my drive. I feel like I have to recreate this uh, <laughs> in, in the same car and, uh, and do it with, with my wife and, and my son. And, um, and off we'd go and try and recreate their roots. So there you go. There's, there's two, two drives for me. Well, that's that's magnificent. Wow, gives me goosebumps. Uh, that would be brilliant. Yeah, you definitely have to do that. And of course, that Bentley uh, GK six 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 one. I've seen that vehicle over here in the states. I believe it was both on the lawn at Pebble and it's been at the Quail uh, during Car Week. It is quite a unique car, and the back of that car is just wonderful. If I've got my cars right, it's got the fenders that kind of spin up a little bit in the back. They kind of point to the sky along yeah. with that boat tail type torpedo back deal so yeah what a oh oh my goodness yeah that would be, just have to stop for a minute and think about what it would be like to take a ride in that vehicle oh my goodness well philip you've taken us on an amazing ride today i have got to get over there and uh visit your facility actually i'm going to be in london on christmas morning however uh it's just a short layover on our way to india we're going to India over Christmas and the New Year's. Um, so I'll have to wave from you from Heathrow because I don't think there's time for me to get out and get back through security. Uh, but I'll, I'll make a, a point to have another trip over there to come visit you. Uh, it would be brilliant. So before I let you go, could you share some parting words of wisdom or inspiration for our listeners today? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of my... I suppose one of the things I've learned over, over the last few years here in particular is don't be afraid to make mistakes. Mm. As long as you can learn from them, don't be afraid to make mistakes. And uh, this, the second piece of advice that I live by is that you get back what you put out. So <laughs> if you're a good person and you're kind to people, it'll be returned to you. And I, I think that's um, it's crucial in life. Absolutely. Really, really Absolutely. Well, you guys are doing that at Bister Heritage is you're giving back uh, history and you're providing jobs for people and fulfilling dreams. And it's exactly the way I envision Bister Heritage. How can people learn more about this magnificent place? Uh, all over social media. So look up Bister Heritage and our website is bisterheritage.co.uk. Um, we have several huge open day events uh, a year. They're called scrambles, um, taken from you know scrambling to your plane uh, to get your plane up into the air during the war. And we saw that as a call to action. So our scramble open days are the most eclectic motoring events you will attend. Um, you will find Ferrari 250s parked next to Citroen 2CVs. Um, you'll find you know, incredible kind of wartime trucks parked next to um, you know, modern 911s. You'll find everything in between. 
Yeah. And so we've we've designed them to be a really fun, laid back, accessible uh, open day event that celebrates everything we do at Vista Heritage. It, it, you, know, you can get into the workshops here, you can meet the businesses um, and speak to people and bring your car and join the show. So come come and see us. Uh, we're bringing back a big summer celebration uh, next year in 2023 um, to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. Um, there'll be plenty more about that online soon. Um, but if you want to see a window into what we do, uh, do have a look on Instagram and look at Vista Heritage. Uh, and you'll see the, the amount of motoring activity that goes on here is extraordinary. Carzell listeners, you will be blown away. Uh, B-I-C-E-S-T-R Heritage, Vista Heritage. It is a magnificent place. I want to do a quick shout out and a thank you to my friends at Influence Mobility, uh, both James and Luke, for bringing Philip to the show today. They brought me some wonderful guests. So thank you, gentlemen. Philip, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing the magnificent life that you have created for yourself and for many others. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. This was fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.